You don't have to change the whole world to make a difference. Here's how you can make an impact in the community where you live. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan Landis, and I am here with Miranda Marquette, as usual. Hi. How are you doing today, Harlan? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Fantastic. So today, we're talking about volunteering, specifically for community service, uh, but also for anything that we might want to give our time towards. Volunteering can be good for your health. That's uh, according to a report from Harvard University. The study that they're talking about comes from Carnegie Mellon University and was published recently in Psychology and Aging. Uh, Adults over age 50 who volunteered on a regular basis were less likely to develop high blood pressure than non-volunteers. Okay, so a lot of our listeners are not over 50, sure. Some of you are. Of course, what's good for one person is going to be good for everybody. Volunteering is great for reducing stress, increasing activity, which we've talked about recently, and just being an overall more satisfied human being, I think. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into volunteering. It gets you out of the house. It helps you interact with other people. We have discussed in the past how even those of us who are introverted, we still benefit from socializing with our fellow humans. So volunteering helps you get out there and meet other people It helps you be active. It helps you feel like you're doing something good. We all feel better when we feel like we have purpose in our lives. And volunteering can help you do that. Yeah, and I think it's very, very important to point out that there are a lot of people for whom volunteering is somewhat beyond the realm of possibilities. Uh, If you're working several jobs to make just enough money to feed your family, chances are you're not going to be able to set aside as much time for volunteering for different causes than somebody who is perhaps more settled in their life and they have some flexibility with time and money to give back to an organization. Uh, Although you'll find that a lot of people who struggle the most recognize the importance of volunteering even more so than somebody who hasn't struggled a day in their life. Yeah, and that's one of the great interesting realities about uh, volunteering is that many people who have been the recipient of help definitely see the value of it, even when it causes, even when they feel like they might be a little time crunched. Sure. But along with that, when we talk about change and people who have benefited from this, a lot of people shy back from volunteering because they think, well, what kind of difference can I make and will this really change the world? Many people are overwhelmed by this idea that in order to be effective, you have to make a big change in the world. But the reality is, is you don't. Uh, Your volunteering can make an impact on a smaller scale, and it's something you might even see more. There might be some cultural reasons that we think this. I mean, I grew up believing that I could change the world. That is the ideas that my parents helped instill in me as as I was growing up. 
that I can have a great effect in the world. And the people who do go on to have a great effect in the world, whether it's politically or socially or economically, all believe that they can have a significant impact in the world. But a lot of the time, this impact that they have, even these world leaders, it starts small. You can have a great impact in the world. If you start small, you can stay small and still have a great impact in the world. Or you can start small and, you know, find yourself swept up in you know, amazing opportunities that lead you to a position where you have the opportunity to affect even more people in a positive way that you might not have imagined before. But either way, it starts small. So you have to think small to start. Yeah, and I really like the idea of local community service. I really like the idea of getting in there and solving problems. For many of us, if we think of the idea of global hunger, this is a big problem and it's something that definitely you should think about. But at the same time, when you're sitting in your home by yourself in you know small town Idaho, you get overwhelmed with the idea of how can I fix global hunger? Well, I can't fix global hunger, but I can do my part to help reduce hunger in, say, the schools. There's a great program here in town, and it's I think it's an extension of a national program called the Backpack Program that helps ensure that children get nutrition on the weekends when they're not at school getting school lunch. And so there are programs like that and your local community food bank that can help you say, well, let me tackle the problem at a local level and see the results here, and then maybe we can find a solution that we can spread and scale up. But a lot of the time we get overwhelmed by this idea of, I can't fix this big, huge problem. Well, start looking in your own community and say, well, what are some of these smaller problems that maybe I can fix? Yeah, and I really believe that helping and wanting to have a positive impact on the world or in a community or, you know, regardless of what you want to do, it all comes down to the basic need that we have for ourselves to do good. So that's really a big benefit of helping other people is is we really do help ourselves when we do that. And a lot of the reason that is kind of the quiet impetus behind why we go out and help other people, because it does help ourselves, whether it's making us feel good about ourselves and about the good we do in the world, whether it's about knowing that there's this idea of what a good person is and wanting to be a good person, whether it's because of your upbringing, what you've been told is a good person, or your religion, what your, what your religion stipulates is a good person. We want to fit in with these ideas that we have. And a lot of the time, that's why we want to do good. You know, certainly it's just as important that we are actually helping other people. But let's not forget that a lot of the driver behind all of this is our own drive to be good. Yeah, and I think as you start moving toward that and looking for ways to do good, you need to figure out something to support. So that first step is, okay, so how do I figure out what I am going to support? Where am I going to volunteer? Where am I going to put in this time and energy and maybe even money? Yeah, for me, I know this was pretty easy because I am so passionate about lots of different things, uh, lots of different issues and ideas and philosophies. Uh, very specific things are important to me. So those are the things that I personally want to support. 
I feel that the best way to figure this out is to look at the things that are important to you in life. If you feel that it's important for everyone to have a great physical education growing up, if you got a lot out of physical education, uh, if you believe that we all need to be active, then you can easily get involved in youth sports or youth activities in your community. There are so many opportunities for that. Uh, you could be a coach for a team. You could help build and clean up a field for for uh, youth baseball. Uh, there are so many different options, and that's just that's just one thing. For me, it isn't necessarily sports, but it is the arts. And so, I spend a lot of my time volunteering for an organization that spreads music education because I feel that's important. Giving people performance opportunities for kids and adults—that's uh, something that's important throughout life. So that's something that. I'm passionate about, and it's something that I put my time into when I can. There are lots of other areas like this that you might be able to choose where you want to extend your passions. We have a common friend who is really, really into pugs and pug rescue, and she puts in a lot of time and effort into helping pugs that need to be rescued, and that is really awesome. You might have a passion for the environment or general education or healthcare or helping the elderly, just about any passion that you have, you can probably find something in your local community to get involved with. One of the things that kind of takes all of these issues together and then helps you work on this and and promote things pertaining to a variety of issues is something that you've been more active in recently, Miranda, and that's politics. Yeah. And politics is really kind of interesting on the local level. This is another one of those things where you're like, oh my gosh, it's so big. It's such a big problem. And you look at the national level and you're like, oh, you know, how do I even climb that ladder? And you don't need to. I love local politics because that's where it hits you every day. The things that go on in your city council, the things that go on at your state legislature, those are the things that actually impact you every day. Who becomes president is not going to make a huge difference in your life because there's so much that has to happen before the president can actually make anything happen. And it's not even the president that does this stuff. It's Congress. But if you want to look at where you really hits where you live and the policies that affect your local life, it's local politics. And, and becoming involved in my own local politics has shown me a lot of problems that maybe could be solved on the local level just if people start caring. Uh, one of the things that uh, I said when I started getting involved here is, was looking around and saying there aren't a lot of people involved in politics at the local level where I live. And I'm just looking around going, this is why we can't have nice things, people, because nobody cares enough to be involved. And so it just sort of everybody's complaining about it. Everybody complains about these things, but nobody is getting involved. Nobody's organizing. Nobody's trying to make a difference. If you can look around and say, hey, here's something that needs to be done at your local level, that's where you can start really seeing an impact on people's lives, no matter what your cause is. Yeah, and I think in local politics, it's often the case that the people who are involved are often older adults. Is that what you see there in Idaho? Or maybe a mix? Um, I'm seeing more of a mix lately. There's been a lot of millennials starting to get involved, which is great because a lot of millennials are looking around Idaho and going, why would anybody want to live here? I want out. <laughs> and some of them are saying, wait a minute, we can make a difference. And so there's been some interesting shifts that I think are happening. What we're running into right now is 
a lot of the really older people, the segment that you were talking about who are more likely to be involved, some of them are pretty resistant to moving forward and making changes. And so it's it's turning into an interesting push-pull where I live. Yeah, I think there's a good opportunity for younger adults. And, you know, when we're talking millennials, we're talking anything from like 18 to 35 uh, these days. And there's a real good opportunity for younger millennials to come in and make a big difference and and have an impact because the issues that are relevant for 18 to 25-year-olds are a little different than the issues that are relevant to 35 to 40-year-olds. Uh, so I think there's a real big opportunity here for some impact to be made by younger millennials. But I think part of the thing that you're going to run into as you start getting involved is it starts to become addictive and you want to try and do everything. Hmm. And, And one of the things you have to learn to do is pull back a little and start slow. Start with one thing. Try not to get burned out. One of the things that I run into is sometimes I start to feel overwhelmed and I look back and say, well, this is your fault. You took on too much. We need to step back and reevaluate where all of this time and passion needs to go. So one of the first things you need to do is look for some boundaries and say, okay, I don't want to get burned out. Yeah, the danger is in doing something so well that they will want you to continue doing this and they'll want to give you more responsibilities, even on a volunteer basis. And you've got to learn where to say no. And that's something that I've struggled with, of course. I really enjoy the work that I'm doing with the organizations I'm involved with. But there are certain times where I have to draw the line and say, listen, you know, I need some support for this. I need someone else to work on this. I need to move on. And sometimes these are difficult decisions to make, but you always have to keep in mind what your limits are and what you can reasonably do based on your own life schedule. Just the other day, this happened to me. We were we were at a meeting and they needed, you know, eight people to take these boxes home and, and make some packets, some information packets. And of course, I immediately raised my hand as, you know, one of the people who would be willing to take the box home. And the guy in charge looked at me and said, you have enough to do right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you want to feel like you're proving your worth to the organization. And mm-hmm. if I do more, I'm more important to the organization. Right. But you need to be able to step back and say, no, just because I don't volunteer for every little task that comes along doesn't mean I'm not pulling my weight. I'm still pulling plenty of weight. What you're going to find in especially volu- you know, organizations that rely on volunteers is there's always someone who wants to be the savior, you know, someone who will take on way more than they can do, the person who will want to be thanked all the time. And look out for that as well. And, and definitely don't be that person. You want to You want to understand that when you're volunteering, you may not get thanked like you would if you were working on a job. A lot of volunteer work is what they call thankless because you're doing it to fulfill something within yourself, really. And, of course, you're doing it to help the community or help towards a cause. But there's not going to be a lot of people out there who are going to thank you for doing it. So if you're volunteering and you're expecting to be thanked, then you should look somewhere else to get satisfaction out of what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Now, we've talked a lot about volunteering and putting in the time and the effort, but what about money? 
where does this fall in to our discussion about volunteering and supporting causes? Yeah, well, money's money's very important because different causes and different organizations need funding. So if you have money and if you have money to spend or or to invest in, you know, in the loose term in passions that you have or things that you're that are important to you, money can be a good tool for doing this. However, you need to be careful because often you can't just throw money at a problem, so to speak, and expect things to work. You know, there could be a great project, but perhaps that project needs people on the ground more than they need financing. It all depends. So it's great to have some communication with an organization that you intend on working with to have that conversation and be able to determine from there whether providing money will strategically help them or whether they need something else in order to get things moving. I do give money to a couple different causes that I don't have time to help with because I really believe in them, but I just really don't have the, the time and the energy to put in the effort to physically go be there. So even though I do that, I do like to stay involved with at least one or two volunteer activities because even if you're showing your support through money, your money doesn't help you get to know anyone in the, in, hmm. in the organization. The money doesn't help you get truly involved on a ground level. And a lot of the time when you're just giving money, you forget about it. You give the money and you, you move on. You don't actually see the result of what you're doing like you can if you're actually in the trenches and being a part of it. Sure. I've given money to different organizations in the past. And, you know, once you start providing a financial support to an organization, you become more critical or often you should become more critical of, of how that organization uses money. You want to make sure that the efforts that you put in are handled appropriately by that particular organization. At least when you go out and you volunteer, you know exactly how things are going because you know how your time is being spent and you see the results right there in front of you. You know, once you give money to an organization, that all becomes, it all becomes part of the pot and you don't know how your money is being used specifically because a dollar is just a dollar once it's in a bank account. You know, whether there's something that could bother you, whether it's highly paid CEOs or big bonuses within the nonprofit or just the organization putting resources towards things that don't agree with with why you're giving them money in the first place. These are all things that become more evident once you get more involved on the money side of things. Yeah, and that's a really good point. A lot of us like to know that what we contribute is being used in a responsible manner. A site like charitynavigator.org can help you work through that if you're giving money to a big organization, because then you can at least see how much of your each of your dollars is going toward the cause. And I, that's something that I used too. I remember I used to give to an organization. And after I looked on Charity Navigator and saw, saw how they were ranked and saw where most of the money went, I stopped. I was like, oh my goodness, my money is not going to good use here. And that's why I like to support local initiatives as well with my money is because at least... I'm in the community and I can see what's happening with the money, like close up. So yeah, so that's something to think about. What are some of the things that listeners can do now to really make community service or volunteering a bigger part of their lives? 
Yeah. So the first thing to do is think about one cause that you're truly passionate about. What is something that really makes you tick? What is something that you really, really care about? And start there. Figure that out. Yeah, we've talked about a few things. Um, I mentioned arts. We talked a little bit about physical education and health, but education in general is another idea. Miranda mentioned animals. The environment is big. Healthcare, politics, elderly. There's so many different things that you could possibly find to support within your community. Right. One thing to consider is maybe right now you're just really passionate about your children and helping them grow up and you don't feel like you have a lot of time to go do these other things. One of the things I did when I wished to be more involved but didn't have the time or the ability to run around and get involved in local politics was to join the PTA and get involved at that level. It was a little less time intensive, but it was a way for me to be involved with my son, my son's school, and and be passionate about what was going on with my my child. And just along those lines, I mean, the PTA is something, uh, your parent-teacher organization at school, everybody's got one. It's all out there. It's something very basic and easy in terms of finding the people and uh, knowing who to contact. Usually it's clear. You're you're probably given information about it at the beginning of the school year, and uh, they are always looking for volunteers, and there's always opportunities there. But sometimes you need to do a little more research in order to find out what is going on in your community with any of these, you know, whatever your your singular issue happens to be, you'll have to do some research to find out what is going on in your community today, uh, unless they're doing so good at marketing and outreach that that you know about it already. Uh, you may have to go digging because a lot of the times these organizations don't have a lot in terms of marketing and outreach. So you have to go searching and find the right people to connect with. Yeah, and one of the ways you can search those local resources is figure out, well, is my passion, is my cause related to one political persuasion or another. So then you can go to the local party, which you're likely to find information for and say, hey, I'm interested in this where are your local organizations or what are some, who are some of the people in the party who are also interested in this? So part of the looking for local resources means you can go to these bigger organizations and say, hey, uh, who in your organization is interested in this? And it's important to figure out exactly what your parameters are in terms of either time or money for, for working on this. Now, a lot of the times, like we said at the top of this podcast, There are going to be people who just don't have time or money at this particular stage in their life. You know, we we always go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we talk about shelter, food and water and, you know, healthy living. These are the necessities of life. And if you're struggling to meet those necessities, it's unlikely that you're going to have a lot to contribute to everything else around you. Although there are a lot of people who do regardless. Nevertheless, it's important, regardless of where your spot is in life, what your situation is today, to define these parameters. How much time? How much money? What can I commit? What do I want my limits to be? One of the rules of thumb that I tried to look at was I want to try and do at least half an hour each week. And it's not a ton, but maybe that's not something you can do. Maybe you need to say, well, I, I can do 15 minutes each week. But try and figure out exactly how much time each week you have to devote to that community service 
and then set that money, that, that time aside, schedule it out. I bet, Miranda, you do more than a half an hour each week. It's important to set those upper limits, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there are some times when I'm like, okay, I've reached my limit. There are these other things that I need to do. And there are times when, you know, I volunteer with the local chamber of commerce a lot. And there are times when I'm like, you know what, I chose to help with this political cause this week. And so that means I'm not spending another evening away from my son. So I'll have to say no to this because it's more important for me to uh, spend time with my son. Sure. So we have a listener question, which if you ever have any questions about anything, it might inspire an entire podcast episode. So be sure to go to adulting.tv slash ask to let us know what your question is. Here's today's question. What can I do if I can't find an organization in my area that is related to my passion? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> so great. Well, you can start one. Uh, <laughs> Start it up and look for other people. But this goes back to what I said a little bit earlier. Start with more general organizations. Start with your local chamber of commerce. Start with a local political party or start with some other. Uh, here in Idaho, we have the East Idaho Action Committee or, or something like that. <laughs> some organization. Start by going to those sorts of more general resources and and kind of network a little and ask them, okay, so who is your person that specializes in X? And I found too that even just going to something like a Kiwanis club or a Rotary club or the Eagles or, or whatever you have in your town, the Elks Lodge, whatever you have in your town that does these sort of community service fraternal organizations, they can probably point you or even help introduce you to somebody else who shares that passion, then you can get together and start your own organization to do that specific work. That That's right on the nose. Start it up. Just because someone isn't doing something in your community or you can't find an organization that's addressing whatever the community need it is that you see, it doesn't mean that there aren't people who are interested and who will appreciate the opportunity to help you fulfill some of those needs and reach those goals. So put yourself out there, use social media, get to find out what is going on in your community related to this, even if there's no organization that's for it, and find find the people who are interested and start it up. Start it up with a small project. Put yourself out there. The benefits of that are huge. We talk about changing the world when we talked about the top, and sometimes you just have to start something because it hasn't been done. Yeah, for sure. And that should do it for this week. Make sure you come to our adulting.tv community on Facebook. Share with us your passion. Let us know what you're passionate about and what you hope you can do in your community to make it a better place. Don't forget to visit adulting.tv for more episodes and more great resources and to ask us a question. Subscribe. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. You can find us on Android. Pretty much anywhere where there's a podcast, you can find us and add us to your list. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And be sure to give us a review. Let us know how we're doing and let us know what subjects you want us to cover in the future. And until next week, don't forget to act like a grown-up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. 
Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Thank you.